This is Unfiltered, episode 43 for March 27th, 2013. Fox News alert, and what a busy news day we have for you folks. A stunning statement first up from a leader of one of the world's largest economies. As he suggests, countries now running into economic trouble should follow the lead of Cyprus and possibly consider just taking the money they need from people who bank with them. Welcome to America Live, everyone. I'm Megyn Kelly. They said it wouldn't happen. They said it was going to be only in Cyprus and not to worry. Well, maybe not. Now, this dust-up comes as new protests erupt in Cyprus. Demonstrators there outraged over the deal that effectively steals money, just takes it. Protesters urging their fellow countrymen and women to fight back, chanting that lawmakers are, quote, sucking your blood. week's episode of Unfilter. In just the last week, the situation in Cyprus has gone from outrageous to disastrous. We'll break it down and discuss the impacts this world-changing event could have on the global economy. And did you know the internet is currently undergoing the largest attack in history? That's according to the BBC and why the FBI has disclosed real-time Gmail spying powers as a top priority for 2013. Plus, Mayor Bloomberg begins personally financing a $12 million ad campaign for gun checks. Our follow-up, your feedback, and much, much more in this week's episode of Unfiltered. And welcome to Unfilter, episode 43 of Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show that's distracting you from all of that TV you shouldn't be watching. My name is Chris, and joining us every single week is the always excellent Mr. Chase. Hey, Chris. Hey, everybody. You know, I gotta say, I don't have anything witty to say this week. Uh, so, in the meantime, I will just stare at the Star Trek Into Darkness trailer, <laughs> and I will pause at a particular frame. Of, of when uh, Kirk is looking back into a shuttle. And that's all I will this say. This is exactly the right and opportune moment. At the perfect right. inopportune moment. I'm kind moment. of excited about the movie myself. I cannot wait to go see the movie. Especially that, that particular part I of the movie. I think we need to go unfilter the movie. Oh, we should. Like a very special edition of Unfiltered. Yeah, that's right, where we just go watch Star Trek. You know, we actually have a pretty <laughs> special edition of the show today. I oh, mean, we do. <clears throat> not only will I be obsessing about the price of Bitcoin as the show goes, but I won't even be talking about Bitcoin. Because you're watching it right now as we speak. <laughs> no, I'm not. What yes, are you, you about? are. You, you got your note two in front of you, and right now as we record the show, how much is Bitcoin? Uh, $87.60. And you know how he knows that, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> because it's in front of him on his note. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, Chase, whatever. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. I think someone has an addiction. I mean, on, on Google Plus all week, you're like, I know. man, we should talk about, do you think we should talk about Bitcoin? Well, I want well, to talk about Bitcoin. I like Bitcoin. I like Bitcoin. But we won't talk about Bitcoin today, actually, no. Actually, we will be talking about Bitcoin. Oh, yeah? Yeah, there is a... Is there a Bitcoin-related story I don't know about? Well, not a, a story per se, but someone was very kind enough. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So, so, we got, so there will we be a Bitcoin-relatedness. Bitcoin mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, why don't we start with a little bit of news? You know, it seems to be tradition now in the Unfilter show, at least recently, yeah. that out of the gate, we go with a cybersecurity story. Now, when you say cyber, I always go the other way. I know, way. it's because you're a dirty bird. I'm a dirty bird. No, I mean... I mean, I was raised on the cyber part of I the mean, I mean how now cyber has been co-opted to apparently mean like a whole bunch of things in one... St- Really silly sounding word. Maybe the the ultimate plan here is when any you know when you hear the it's like a word association game. When you hear the word cyber in the news, that means you need to start the fear machine, and that means you mm-hmm. need to be afraid of the computer. You people are going to hack your account, Chris. They're going to take gonna get your you. They're, they're going to take you. your Bitcoin. Oh, they're, they're taking your Bitcoin Uh-oh. right now. Oh, you're being cybered right now. Oh no. <laughs> so. Uh, I think you. Uh, I think you've actually nailed it. Listen to now. This clip is interesting, and actually, they're not. They're not completely wrong. But listen to the words in this clip, and we'll break it down as we go. Okay, we'll keep across all the details coming out of the summit. But let's talk about this. George mentioned it. I mentioned it. Millions of people around the world may be experiencing slow internet speeds due to what's being called the biggest cyber attack in history. Why? The reason? Well, it is a spat 
bit of a war. war? Between- it's a war, Chase. No, 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 no. You didn't say it. it's a war. It's a war. It's a war. It's a war. I mean, a web host company called Cyber Bunker. Whoa, Cyber wait, Bunker, wait, right? So, wait, so, <laughs> a web host bunk, uh, company. Sorry, so that's is this an ad? It's a Cyber Bunker, Chase. I think it's an it's ad. Cyber Bunker. And a UK-based company called Spamhouse. It's now reported to be affecting the whole internet. The whole internet. Wait, wait. Yeah. The whole internet? The whole internet. We, we did have some stream, stream troubles on our uh, pre-show. Maybe that's because of this. Must be we're getting hacked, we're Chase. We're getting cybered. The UK company Spamhouse is trying to stop the duck God, that was another. That was another dimension yeah. of a company. Yeah. How many... So basically, the Hello. way the way this guy explains it is, uh, well, from flooding the internet with unwanted spam email. Confused? Yeah, we are a little bit. The BBC's technology correspondent Rory Kathleen Jones oh, is going oh, to explain hey, it. Hey, Chris, what? He, what? don't worry. The technology correspondent oh, yeah. of the BBC is now going to tell you, yeah. in, uh, in layman's terms, what's cannot, going on. You know, listen, so this is where the BBC is starting to lose all credibility in the story. <laughs> listen to the words, the way this guy ramps it up. So, it's Rory, great to have you with us. Um, Rory, what is, break it down for us layman. Yeah. I mean, what's going on here? Who's attacking who? Yeah. Well, here's, here's the deal. Spam House is an organization which runs basically a blacklist of companies that it accuses of sending spam across the internet. Its list is used by other companies around the world to try and stop the flow of unwanted emails. And one of the companies it listed, it's accused now of mounting a huge cyber attack upon it. And this is called a distributed denial of service attack. All right, so it's a DDoS. Okay, so this is about as basic as an attack as it gets. But this happens all the time. They they can be inconvenient and knock people offline. But all right, so we're talking about a DDoS. Okay, okay, that's good to know. What it does basically is send... By the way, first bit of technical data we've gotten at all. And what I I love about this is, you know, it is by its very inherent nature a technical problem. So you could actually give out a few specifics, even if you didn't want to scare people and, you know, use, you know, technical terms. Words like... Like computer, right? Amounts of traffic across the internet took the across the internet vast amounts of traffic. Okay, so far I'm following. Tight down, it's back up again, but the sheer volume of the attack has caused real worries uh, on the internet, and and some experts are saying that it's spreading wider. It's not just the one company affected; that it's affecting the whole sort of motorway system of the internet is in danger of being clogged up due to a particular weakness in the whole structure of the way the address system on the internet works. Okay, so due to a particular weakness of the way the entire address system, I would assume he means the way TCP IP works, or maybe it's the IP part of that. Uh, Due to an inherent flaw in that, which is the fundamental foundation of the internet, this is the problem. Now, what's funny is the real story is, is companies like Cloudflare and a bunch of other ISPs worked collaboratively together over a mailing list to quickly put in rules. And that's why the site was back up online is because a bunch of different companies worked together over, you know, the Internet to solve the problem. Now, wait a minute, Chris. What is this Internet you speak about? Oh, it's a scary place where there's cyber malefactors, as uh, (laughs) as, uh, Napolitano calls them. (laughs) Malefactors. He's just getting started. Wait till he starts equating this stuff to machine guns. Oh, I'm glad you said that because one technician described the technique which uses... A known floor, I'm assuming that's what you're referring to, in the internet's basic plumbing. And it, it describes what it's doing, what this cyber bunker is alleged doing. It's using a machine gun, mowing down a whole crowd, and yet the intent is to try and kill just one person. All right, so we, we have now taken a DDoS and we have equated it to going into a public crowded place and mowing down an entire crowd of people. That's what we have just made the jump to what a correlation and, and meanwhile while this reports on air the website's actually online that there was being ddos just keep that in mind exactly they, what that what often happens is uh, attackers take over uh, uh computers around the world sometimes without uh, their owners, or usually without their owners being aware, use those computers to flood uh, the, uh, the the target with traffic until they can take it no more. What's unusual about this, because these attacks are quite common, is the sheer volume of it and the, the, the effect it's having on the basic plumbing of the... Now, there, it was pretty massive. I, I think now we'll probably get into the more technical aspect of this on, on the next tech snap, tomorrow's tech snap, but it was like th- at one point... I guess it was like a sustained 300 gigabits worth of traffic. I mean, you know, that's that's something. It's substantial. Yeah. But yeah. Internet and some experts are saying it's highlighted a flaw in that plumbing which needs to be sorted. And that sheer volume, I've also been remind you the site's up at this point, and people just of separate companies have collaboratively worked together independently to get this thing back fixed and isolate this problem. Back to a non-story. Uh, been reading, it's been described like uh, the internet version of using a nuclear bomb. Now we're calling oh it a nuclear God. bomb. Oh my God, really? <laughs>
This fight's this, online right now. This guy's lost credibility. But um, you know, again, for us laymen, you go, hang on, is there not a, is there not a, a UN of the internet? Is there not a body or yeah, an organisation that can prevent these two from <laughs> going head to head or something like that? Well, there are various organisations, but the, the whole beauty, in a way, of the internet is it's grown up without <laughs> too much regulation. That's allowed it to flourish. But when things like that happen, it does highlight certain weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Right at the top end, the top level of addresses, uh, that, that, that level uh, uh, of the internet... I'm trying. I'm try- I don't have no any idea what I'm talking about. My is name is pretty Al Gore. I've been s- the internet, and <laughs> uh, I want to uh, recognise... What we got going on here. Now, if that didn't scare you, because I don't know, you didn't seem scared. And by the way, that was the BBC. That's across the pond. That doesn't affect us. But what about when our hat has their Xbox attacked? <gasps> right? What? 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 You know, Canada, America's hat. Oh, that hat. Yeah. I got friends up there. Where is it? Go. go. If virtual go. sports are more your style, you're Peter's not Man's gonna... Bridge. You got... I love this guy. You got it. You, you really do like this guy. I do like this guy. Man. I want to hear about this. I mean... He could have been a porn star or a news anchor. You know, good point. And he, he went he, he went the respectable he, he route. Went the respectable well, route. actually, I'm not so sure I agree with that. <laughs> One video gamer and his mother are going public tonight after their Microsoft Xbox gaming console was hacked. <laughs> he was really reading that from the prompter. Really. Stuck with the bill. As Kathy Tomlinson tells us, it's happening more and more. More and more. more, and more. Jennifer Stubbs' 11-year-old son is an avid soccer player. Dylan also loves to play FIFA 13 Ultimate on his Xbox Live. Not a real his title. mom is no longer a fan. Ultimate. I tell what? every parent that I know what's happened to us. We hear these screams from the living room, and we go, my God, what has happened? Stubbs checked her credit card statement because her visa information was in the Microsoft Xbox account. She added up $300 in gaming purchases she's convinced her son didn't make. Yes, he did. Well, here's yes, what I he think happened. Did. I think I think somehow they just somebody figured out their username and password, logged in and bought stuff. Because at one point in the report, they say that they looked at the device log and saw like he did buy some stuff, but then there was like another hundred transactions he didn't buy that weren't on the device. Somebody just guessed their password and logged in and started using it. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, you're supposed to tie your Xbox account to MSN uh, login. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, you know something. You got Hotmail, Gmail, whatever. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. tied to an email address. And yeah, password. sure, sure. And the thing is, too, since he's a minor, yeah. the credit card information it's, was set up by right, her. Right. So now listen, but see, now it's not scary. So let's make it scary. Okay. Bought out the visa bill and went. Whoa! Wait a second. Where did all these purchases come from? She believes Microsoft isn't doing enough to make the game secure. The device says he bought 7,000 points. The Visa says he bought 25,000 points. This author writes about online marketing to children. He points out when hackers use a parent's identity to buy virtual... Listen to this guy and tell me if he seems a little creepy to you. And by the way, he's a, he's a children's book author. Goods. It's Microsoft and other companies making the money. Kids are being victimized by thieves and hackers and whatnot, but arguably they're they're being victimized or at least preyed upon. <laughs> that kind of sound kind of creepy. Oh, so, anyways, you have these couple of stories, right? Largest cyber yeah, attack in the yeah, world. Yeah. Uh, Xbox being hacked, which scares the average folk. What, what? have we learned? Whenever the uh, cyber scary drum is being beaten. Well, what we've learned is we need more oversight. We mm-hmm. need the government to step in and protect us well, good from news. what's going on. Uh, the timing couldn't be more perfect. Uh, uh-huh. It's come out that the FBI is pursuing real-time Gmail spying powers. Oh, now, it's being, it's being kind of nicknamed G- real-time Gmail spying powers, but it's actually real-time spying powers over any kind of chat network. Now, this is because the 1994 surveillance law called the Communications Assistance Law for the Enforcement Act only allows the government to force internet providers and phone companies to install surveillance equipment within their networks. But it doesn't cover email, cloud services, or online chat rooms like Skype. And also, they also include, by the way, things like Scrabble chat on your iPad, uh, EVE Online chat, um, all of these things, they also include, by the way, communication, basically. Yeah, I mean, the, the actual CIA, CIA has been documented, like uh, in the case of Benghazi, was using Eve Chat to relay messages back to headquarters. So ah. they want access to all of this kind of stuff. And so the FBI, we have more information, lots of more information in the show notes. The FBI has stated that it is a top priority for 2013. And when you look at the budget uh, uh, brief, which we have linked, we have the PDF linked in the show notes, uh, cyber 
cyber, cyber. And they're going to, they're making it their top priority to get real time, real time access to things like Gmail. And they think, they think it's going to happen. They think they've made all of the arrangements they need to make it happen. Are they going to do this? uh, Are they going to do this without a warrant? I mean, I mean, are there actually, I think, actually, doing this now? (laughs) I think if it's, if it's for, Terrorism. The Patriot Act allows the FBI to issue their own warrant. I, I could have that wrong. Somebody might want to fact I check. Thought there were, I, see, I thought, but there it has was to a, be a specific case. I thought there was a circuit court appeal in San Francisco that you know, I don't know that, that shot that down for for the time being because Maybe. it was being abused. I don't know about that part, but I just thought it's it is uh, it's very interesting that uh, as part of this too, they by the way want access to Xbox Live Chat. So it's interesting. This was there was this. Well, no ex- one chats over. The, it's vocal and how. Well, but that's actually a big problem because oh. if you're a terrorist and I'm a terrorist and we both have Xbox 360s and we get in Call of Duty and we use voice chat, then we can make our terrorist plans and they don't have any way to monitor. I'm it. going after the duck. I'm going to get the duck. Right. And we'll just use code words. So it is interesting that the same week, this FBI story comes out. This story about the Xbox being hacked comes out. I just thought that was I don't interesting. Know. Yeah, it's very quinky um, dinky. All right, moving on, Chase. Uh, we haven't talked about the gun debate recently, and it's actually things have kind of slowed down a little bit. Yeah, and, what happened uh, to Biden? I thought he was uh, going after it and being still the is. Oh, they still are, but things have slowed. Uh, however. Bloomberg is going to step in, and he's going to grease the wheels of gun control a little bit. And oh. he, Bloomberg, being you know a mayor, is in a very unique position and of also a short being, guy. and being crazy rich. Move to the gun debate. More than 100 days since the Newtown tragedy, the president's called. Court, you got to mention the Newtown tragedy. You got to bring it up, and you got to get that you within people. You got to get that within the first 10 seconds of the report. Of now, course, I know you pulled this clip, uh-huh. and so you probably remember it. Yeah. Is 9-11 mentioned anywhere in here? No. Okay. No, no. But, but you know, if we were going to talk about, like, something with the airports or something, you got to get 9-11 in there. Is the term... Newtown mi- is gun. Sh- is the gun 9-11. Is the term military-style assault-style weapons used? Don't know. But did you hear about uh, uh, Gabby Gifford's husband uh, getting declined? He, had, he, w- he was buying an AR-15, and the gun shop's like, no, we can't do this. Sorry, we're not going to, you know, we know who you are. We're not going to do this. Also, did you see that there was just video clip? You could, you guys can YouTube this, of uh, Gifford's uh, husband. What's his name? Uh, Mark. Mark. Uh, his bulldog attacked a seal on the beach and just went crazy, man. And there's people like beating the dog, trying oh to get it off God. the seal. <laughs> and then Mark comes in there and grabs the dog. It's on YouTube right now. It's blowing up. But it was crazy. But oh. no. Uh, uh, so uh, I don't think 9-11's brought up, but you definitely have the, the Sandy Hook is now the new gun 9-11. Yeah, yeah, and on assault weapons is going nowhere in Congress, but he's trying to save the rest of his legislation to stop gun violence with the help of billionaire New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg. So ABC is basically implying that like Obama reached out to Bloomberg, brought him into the White House and said, look. I'm not getting anywhere with this, and this is going to be real embarrassing if you don't hook me up with this. And you're an influential guy, and you're you know you've got my ear on a few important topics. I got your ear. I need you to grease the wheels on this. So now Bloomberg's taking he's he's putting down the sugar drinks and he's taking up the guns. Well, yeah, well he he didn't put down the sugar drinks. Well, no. the courts put down the sugar drinks. ABC's Jim Allen has more on that. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, morning, George. He's the mayor of America's largest city and has the ear of the president. Wait, wait. Thanks for telling me that it's America's largest city. I did not know this. Got to remember. Got to remember. I didn't know. Don't forget. You might have thought it was Seattle. Issues like immigration and gun (laughs) control. Plus, Mayor Michael Bloomberg has something many other big city mayors don't. A personal fortune he is willing to spend. Really? Today, pouring $12 million into two commercials supporting background checks for all gun purchases. First of they all, air- two million, $12 million for two commercials? Wow, he's putting these in some prime spots. Or he's putting them on every channel all the time, every day. In 13 key states from Arizona to well, Pennsylvania, where Bloomberg believes senators are on the fence. I believe in the Second Amendment, and I'll fight to protect it. But with rights come responsibilities. That's why I support comprehensive nice background checks. On his weekly radio show, Mayor Bloomberg says he has public support. We know the American people are with us, too. Recent polls show that 90% of Americans support criminal background checks for anyone purchasing a gun. A second commercial Wait, 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 what, what poll? Um, can you please tell me which poll? Uh, the Bloomberg News poll, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Are you serious? Yeah. The family tries to reassure gun owners the background checks are not aimed at the law abiding. Background checks have nothing to do with taking guns away from anyone. 
the NRA opposes the new legislation, <laughs> and on ABC's This Week, Republican strategist Karl Rove echoed its concern. If there's one thing that scares a lot of people who believe in the Second Amendment, it's the federal government keeping a national registry of gun sales and gun purchasers and gun owners. The Senate is expected to vote on what is left of gun control legislation when it returns from recess in April. The assault weapons ban has already been dropped from the Senate package. George? Aww. Okay, Jim, thanks very much. <laughs> now, did you hear about the shooter we had here in our local uh, T-Town? give you an update on a breaking news story that we are following right now in Tacoma. The Pierce County Sheriff's Department is searching for a gunman in the 5800 block of 13th Street Court Northeast. Air Force flying live over the scene. You can see at least a dozen patrol cars with their lights on parked in this neighborhood. You're looking at Tacoma's Browns Point area. People who called 911 said there was a man walking through their neighborhood firing shots at homes there. No word if anyone was hit. No information on a suspect description. Did you hear about this at all? I know you're. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so, so we we got in there after like 16 hours, right? And, and then, they and then late last night. And I guess they didn't have to kill the guy. No. <laughs> and you know what? They didn't even have to burn the place down either, which I thought was an interesting technique. You mean they didn't cut any radio traffic saying we're gonna burn no, it down? I don't, we're gonna set it on see, fire. I, I guess I guess maybe Seattle does it a little differently. Well, did you hear Actually, that, Tacoma? Did you hear why he he gave up? No, why? All right. So so basically, the negotiator was talking to the guy. Yeah. He was talking him down yeah, from yeah. his from his anger. Sure. And he assured that his dog would be taken care of. If he gave up. Hey, man, guy loves his dog. Hey, you know what? Sometimes that's all you have. Yeah. Uh, wow. No, I hadn't heard that. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, so it's just kind of funny. In the background, there's, you know, there's always like, it's it, when, when when a story breaks, there's always like ancillary stories now, that you know, snap Seattle into Seattle was probably hoping that they could have flown their drones down to Tacoma to help out on this because it would have been great to have some aerial yeah. surveillance yeah. during this because this is, Chris, you got to understand. This is one of the situations where a drone would be very, very beneficial. I mean, it could offer surveillance of the area. You could see people coming sure. in and out. It would be quiet. Well, uh, you have to... Why don't they just send the drone down? That's all they have to do, Chris. If they, if they did that, you know, you wouldn't have to worry about, you know, because uh, budgets for choppers are very expensive, <laughs> right. Chris. Actually, they have, there was so many choppers, it was ridiculous. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm being a little facetious about the drone thing. The only reason why I'm bringing it up, and we don't have a, a, a link or anything to show, but I, I heard today that the so we we talked about it here on the show. The city of Seattle, the council voted to get rid of the drones, right? And they were which ordered, we covered like a few weeks. We ago. We covered a few weeks ago. Yeah. Well, here's a brief follow up. The follow up is the drones are still here. Yeah, like why? <laughs> and why is that? Well, because they haven't reached an agreement, quote unquote with the company to return them back they to They won't them. let us send them back, so we're just going to hang on to Why them. can't you just throw them in a box and go, here, Yeah, have them for free? I guess we better just keep them. We better keep them, because you never know. You never know when there right. might be an emergency where we might need to pull those like out. Like a shooter. Like a shooter. And we'll be so thankful we have them. Oh, God. I feel much safer already. Uh, you know what? We should also... Take a minute here. we got to do a make good. So I feel bad. Hey, hey Chris. Yeah. You got some toilet paper. I got I got We got to clear it out. We got to make good. We got to clear things out. Uh, I want to just say sorry. We got some people who wrote in last week, and I think we gave the wrong impression about America raw dogging it in Iraq uh, all by ourselves. Oh no, no. Why, well, God, I know. We, I mean, yeah. although you know, there was sort of like uh, nobody's going in with us. We have a co- We have a small coalition of the willing, and America's carrying the burden. I mean, I do feel like that was the message that was given to us during the Iraq War. Yeah. But I didn't mean, like, during the last week, we focused on America's lead-up into getting into the war. And people were like, hey, you know, there's other countries that were in that fight. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we were just trying to look at it from what brought America into that fight. That way we could give people outside the country perspective on, you know, I'm sure at the time you guys were thinking, like, what are they doing? What are they thinking? We wanted to give you that perspective. But also, you know, we were here. We lived through it. We weren't in the other countries, so we don't know that story. We wanted to tell this story. But we did not mean to imply there were not other countries that went into that that war. Right, yep, yep. So I wanted to do a make good there. Um, And also, I just want to take a second. And you know one of my favorite meta things to do is when old media covers even older media, which then we cover on new media because it gets real meta. (laughs) But uh, I just I love I love this clip that RT had this week, taking a look at mainstream media and basically coming right out with what's wrong. So is serious reporting hard to come by these days to take a look? At the state of the fourth estate, author Chris Hedges joins us now to discuss. Hi, Chris. Nice to see you there. So, um, 
I, I want to start off by reading a, a quote from one of your articles. It's on Truth Dig on this very topic. You say, quote, the celebrity trolls who currently reign on commercial television, who bill themselves as liberal or conservative, read from the same corporate script. They spin the same court gossip. They ignore what the corporate state wants ignored, and they champion what the corporate state wants championed. They do not challenge or acknowledge the structures of corporate power. So, Chris, uh, what do you think is the biggest problem with the media today? Well, that sort of sums it up. Oh, it's, uh, I know, he's on Skype. but he's well, No, there's nothing wrong with Skype. The, the problem is he's using his darn laptop microphone, See, a webcam microphone. That's he, the problem. This is such a huge issue that RT has, is they use Skype for the economics of it, but they don't properly mic these guys. And I don't understand because you and I are a couple of dudes doing podcasts out of our house, and we manage to get this right. A if you can't afford an ATR2100, which is a great USB microphone, sure. 30 bucks on Amazon, people. Hey, ship it to them. Ship it to them. That's what God. Twit does. Twit ships them the mic. If Twit can do it, these guys can do it. Anyways, I know it's annoying, but he makes... Some some really good data points I just yeah. want to cover. A wholly owned subsidiary of the corporate state. Uh, you have a half dozen corporations, Viacom, General Electric, Rupert Murdoch's News Corp, Disney, Clear Channel, that control almost everything most Americans watch or listen to. And uh, television personalities, people like Chris Matthews, who was a cheerleader for the war on MSNBC, makes about $5 million a year. They're celebrities. Uh, you know, they're judged on their likability, what in the business is called a Q score, mm -hmm. uh, not on their commitment to news or to the truth. Now, yeah, it sounds like you're saying that uh, the state of the media has become more more of a business model these days. Chris, when do you think that this this happened? Uh, can you pinpoint a, an area in time? So he's saying, you know, the media is consolidated. It's a conglomerate. You know, it's interesting, too, because... Uh, 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 it was being pointed out uh, this last week how Gawker's been running a series of pro-GMO potato articles when they have um, uh, a large sponsorship arrangement with McDonald's. And McDonald's, of course, uses GMO potatoes. So you got to kind of right. wonder, is there a connection there? And so, you know, this topic was brought up and, you know, he, so she asked him a very reasonable question. When did the media begin to slide? Because when you look at, like, my parents' generation, or maybe a little older than that, they have almost, like, a genetic trust of the, the news. Like, it is the news. And if if, if that's what NBC News tells if me... Walter Cronkite right. said so, that's like, the way it is. Right. And so she asked him, you know, when did this really start to change? Yeah. Is this a more recent phenomenon, or has this been going on for a long time? And he makes kind of an interesting point that makes me think maybe the media has gotten a lot worse in sort of more recent time or a point in time where this shift happened or has it been something that's been gradual well it's been a gradual descent a kind of deterioration over my own lifetime as a journalist i've watched uh, especially on the airwaves the, the deterioration of news uh, i would argue that at this point commercial networks don't even do news uh, but if we had to point at a particular moment and when this process was uh, accelerated, it would be Clinton's decision to deregulate the FCC. And that, of course, allowed these corporations to buy up. I think Clear Channel owns about 1,500 stations in the United States. Uh, and that was a kind of consolidation into a very small number of corporate hands uh, and diminished the capacity for alternative forms of information and independent forms of information to reach the American public. And that right there is he just summed up why this show exists. Yep, exactly. And uh, so I want to take a minute here and thank the people who support the Unfiltered program because this is independent media that is only responsible to our audience. That's what makes us unique. And while sometimes we make a mistake or sometimes we phrase something wrong, like the Iraq war thing, we try to make good in the next episode and we're always held responsible to you. So this week, I want to thank our news supporters. We have Damon L. And we have Trevor J. And Benjamin M. And Richard G., who, who was the last person to slip in at the $7.99 level. Now, Chris, did you know that someone donated Bitcoin? I was really excited. In fact, that someone's in our chat room tonight. Oh, really? Yeah, so, yeah. So, Rusty, if you're there in our chat room, which you are, <laughs> thanks for switching over to Bitcoin. Yeah, man. That's awesome. We have our that's awesome. We have our first Bitcoin donator, and uh, we're taking more donations. And the way we're doing that, because you know the value of Bitcoin right now is we record the show is $87.50. Yeah, and, and you're not watching that right no, now. No, no. Uh, but uh, if you donate a Bitcoin, like two or more, you just count it for a whole year. Yeah, done. 
you do the one time. Now, if it don't, if it crashes, I'm gonna come chase you down and get more. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but <laughs> it's your responsibility to sell. Now you do need to let me know because the whole Bitcoin thing's fairly anonymous. So like, I don't have an email address to like add you to the. So how would you know that they donated the Bitcoin? They gotta tell me. I mean, I'll know. I'll see the money show up, but I won't know who sent it. So if I just anonymously send you an email <clears throat> and say, "Hey, uh, that was me." <laughs> Uh, they'll have to use like the sending address or something. Oh, okay, okay. I was uh, like, say, there's got to be a like what Rusty safe. did is there. There's a website called blockchain.info that you can link it to, and uh, Rusty just linked his transaction to me and said, oh. "Here, here's my transaction," and then I attributed it to him. And the reason why you want to do that is because we enter your email address into our newsletter, which goes out after every episode. That newsletter includes like a little behind the scenes information about this week's show. It includes a link. To the pre and post show, the supporter show, which is additional content. A lot of times it accompanies or, or complements the content in the show, but it's really great clips that just didn't make it into the show. And it's sometimes an additional 45 minutes of show. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, I, I really like the uh, pre and post show. So, uh, And when you become an unfiltered supporter for $13.33, we're trying to get to 133 of you. 133. 133. You will support the show. You will support production for one day a week. Now, when you think about this, 1333, that's about $3 a week. Uh, around about four dollars a week per yeah. episode, three thirty-three, yeah. and that's pretty fair, especially when you consider how this is handcrafted and made specifically for you. Now I know a lot of you guys out there, you do the Starbucks thing, mm-hmm. or you do the McDonald's thing, mm-hmm. or I'm just inserting your favorite corporate sponsor thing here. Mm-hmm. All you gotta do is just not get coffee one day, really, two days, and you know the it's hard to put a value on something where you absolutely where you can have absolute trust in uh, the intentions behind it but I will I will point this out to you if you find the show valuable consider donating because of this if we get to about 133 of you uh, this show enters this magical zone where the numbers become irrelevant and all that really matters at the show is paying for itself and the numbers can go up and down and we don't have to chase that and the why you normally would chase numbers is because that's what you sell to an advertiser you tell the advertiser oh we get 50,000 downloads for the show or in this case we get 35,000 downloads for the show and you, then you tell them that and you say okay so we can expect you good about this percentage of a turnaround blah 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 and unless and when that number starts to slip then the show no longer becomes valuable in terms of business revenue however this show, by getting supporters on board, you guys become investors of this show, and we're only just getting started, so you really are becoming an investor of this show. By investing in this show, you make it so that I don't have to count that number. I don't have to look at that pod track number and see where's the show at. Do I need to continue doing it? Because I know the show is paying for itself. So thank exactly. you to everybody who invests yeah. in this show. You can find links to do that in the show notes, and don't forget, you can also send us a Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Cha-ching! All right, Mr. Chase, uh, I have... Uh, ding. Oh, all right. Ta-da! Yeah, there you go. I have uh, a question for the chat room oh, oh, before oh. we get back into the show. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, chat room. What do you suppose was the big story this week? Chase, what do you say we play a traditional game of Ask the Chat Room? All right, Mr. Chase, we're going to throw out a chat room. We're going to throw out a question to the chat room. Hey, chat room. Hey, hey, you chat room. What was the big story this week? You tell us, and we'll tell you how wrong you are. All right, so now you have a few seconds, Jeremy, to respond. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna let the uh, the the feed cache because we are on the backup. Do you think feed. maybe gun debate? Oh no, no, I know, I know what I already know what it is. Do you? Oh mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Uh, Could be uh, there was a pretty big story around the Senate and reaching an early budget blueprint. Yeah, but no, no. No. Uh, it's gay marriage. It gay could, marriage is big could, in the Supreme Court. It could be, but that was really only just maybe one or two days. All right, Chase. Uh, let's really worldwide, you know. Let's run the machine. Let's see what we get here. Well, we had a lot of responses. What do we about, got? About uh, gay marriage. All right. Oh, but but I, that's not it. All right. Who are you picking? You got a bunny there? Uh, well, I'm going to go with the first guy who said sweet and sour, sweet to sour, Supreme Court marriage. Mm, nope, nope, nope. Let's but, go uh, again. Yeah. No, no one. No one is hitting it. No, they're not. I mean, Jay Heckler's got a good one. Drones. That's a good one. Drones, yeah. But no, nope. I got to say, uh, Chase, I'm surprised nobody went for this. And I think this is an indication of part of the problem. And this is this is a, this is a thing we need to talk about. It's about, it, it, <clears throat> well, first off, it's about education. Uh, and, 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 and if it doesn't happen here, people don't tend to know about maybe, it. Maybe. Maybe that's, that's what, what it is. is. And when I say here, you guys, you know, the majority of people who watch and download the show right. from the U.S. Uh, so last Oh, wait. Wait. Oh, wait, hold on. Should I run the slots one more, time? one more time? A1 Snicker, Cypress. 
There you go. Nice job, Aylin. So we're going to talk about Cyprus. We talked about it a little bit last week, but like I said in the intro, the situation over there went from outrageous to ridiculous. Stupidly outrageous. So uh, here, I'll play the update, and uh, this will bring you current on where things are at now. Yeah. Hello again. An agreement has been reached in Brussels on a 10 billion euro bailout to, to prevent the collapse of the banking system in Cyprus. Final backing came after 12 hours of marathon talks. The main points are these. Deposits of under €100,000 in Cypriot banks, they will remain secure. No levy will be imposed upon them. But aside- All right, so if you got under €100,000, you are good. All right. You're not going to get levied. Cyprus's second largest bank, Lykee, it's going to be restructured. And people with more than €100,000, they'll have to take significant losses, possibly of up to 40% in a one-off tax. 40% in a one-off tax, so a boom, 40% grab. So let's put it in normal layman's terms. Mm-hmm. So let's say you had $200,000. Okay. Chris? Are you mathing me right now? Yeah. <laughs> How much money would you have after this one-off tax? All my money being Bitcoin, Chase. <laughs> Over the weekend, the Central Bank of Cyprus moved to limit cash withdrawals, imposing a daily maximum of 100 euros. So there's, so there's the double twist, right? The boom, boom. So also an ATM withdrawal limit of 100 bones. Oh, my God. Banks, by the way, are on a holiday, have been on a holiday since our last episode, are currently on a holiday right now until tomorrow. What holiday is this? I want a bank holiday. <laughs> I want to celebrate. It's the best holiday in the world for a bank. However, unless you're the Cypress Bank in London, check this out, Chase. A uh, little little ditty here. Uh, the, the Cypress Banks in London remained open, allowed wire transfers, and had no limits. Oh, boy. So, the you know, a lot of the Russian investors were probably pulling their money out right then and there. Absolutely. We've got a link in the show notes that, uh, that covers uh, some of the details on how that happens, which... Of course, then just leaves all of the poor saps in Cyprus who are the citizens who have their money in the accounts. But uh, we continue on. Uh, I got to uh, I got to uh, play this next clip. The country is an island of just one point one million people. Um, but there were sixty eight billion euros in deposits. All right. So we're so we're getting a little perspective here on the bank accounts. Okay. Sixty eight billion euros in deposits in a country of one million people. Yeah. And of those, 38 billion were in accounts of more than 100,000 euros. And so that's how you can tell it was an offshore haven for the incredibly rich, and we do know predominantly Russian in that particular case. And why it was a significant problem is was the banking sector assets were eight times the size of its economy. Ouch, eight times. So, you know, when you have a problem there, it's way bigger than the economy can handle. Now, last week, I said they were going to get, well, do you, remember what, do you remember what my Red Book prediction was last week about the Cyprus bailout? Russia. All right. Pammy ah. <laughs> and Penguin Man are saying Russia. There you go. Ding, 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 ding. We've got it. We've got it. Yep. All right. So that was us last week. Wow. I, that was really weird. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so that was... Uh, that was us uh, saying it was Russia was going to bail them out, and they weren't going to have to do this taxation on their people. Uh, now, I got a clip. There's a reason why we got that wrong. The, the European Union held a gun to the uh, head of the Cypriot government and told it that it had to sign an EU deal. I suspect, by the way, that's one of the reasons why the Cypriot finance minister's visit to Moscow last week ended in failure, because the EU told him he had to sign an EU deal, not a Russian deal. Uh, and the European Central Bank, I repeat, illegally threatened a monetary blockade in order to achieve that outcome. But do you, do you, I mean, do you think the average... So what they supposedly wow. say is the European Central Bank told Cyprus that, and this was on Thursday before they made the decision on a Monday, that if they did not find funding and secure it from the European Union themselves by Monday, they would face a credit cutoff from the ECB credit and the and the uh, and it would force the bankruptcy of the Cyprus banks and government. So they said, you if you don't go with our loan and you go with the Russians, we're going to cut you off here, here, and here at the knees. Now this wow. is just according to a couple of articles I found and this guy on RT, but it fits up with kind of what we saw leading up to this event. So, uh, of course, this leads to, uh, you know, a bunch of backlash. We want jobs and Troika get out of Europe, they shouted. Outside the parliament, high school students came to show their anger at the EU bailout deal. These students are the future workforce of this island economy. They now fear that future has been wiped out. Everyone's to blame for me, and 
they need to get up and they need to go to jail. The people that are to blame, we want them to go to jail for because of our future. We have our lost future. Outside the Bank of Cyprus headquarters, another sign of the times. Workers gathered outside, fearing their jobs are now on the line. The bank chairman sparked their panic by resigning on Tuesday, apparently in protest at plans for restructuring and the losses being threatened on his bank's larger depositors. They just kind of toss that in at the end of the report, but what he actually just said there is the uh, the Cyprus Central Bank CEO resigned. It actually looks like he was potentially fired, not resigned. And this is a direct quote from the CEO. He says, the reason I was given was that based on the resolution decree recently passed by Parliament upon demands of... What is that word? Tokotrokia? Uh, the administration has appointed its own management to the bank. This isn't a written statement that he issued. That they, so they're installing their own leadership. To the bank, and he's out. Now, this report said that he resigned, but he was actually forced out according to a written statement. Wow. Yeah. So some big stuff's going on here, and what they're saying essentially is if you've got more than $100,000, we're going to do a 40% tax. Uh, it doesn't even just stop there. It go, it's even more egregious. Check out the bottom line. For the rest of the world, the headline is this. Confiscation of private bank accounts is now an official tool of the Eurozone authorities. The bailout deal was first reported as good news, a relief, which is how Europe's unelected mandarins are spinning it. And, it, and in some way, unelected, by the way, in some ways, it's it is because the very first deal was a 10 percent or 7 percent tax across the board for everyone. The difference here is this is a tax or a, a seizure of money on just the accounts above $100,000 just in these institutions. So it's a pretty big difference. It's still outrageous. And since it's still their largest banks and their banks are much more centralized than here in the States, uh, you know, it's still it still affects a massive amount of people. But it is, in some ways, a slightly better deal than what we talked about last week. But Cyprus's politicians feel nothing but dread. I must not say to you that we are happy. We are not. We feel rather bitter. And we feel rather that we have not been treated the same way as other partners. Probably being the smallest, I don't know. Instead of support, proclaimed the parliament's president, Europe has offered us poisonous blackmail. It's a financial disaster for Cyprus. The deal effectively destroys the island's status as an offshore banking center. Thousands of jobs and billions of dollars will be simply wiped out. The country's economy will shrink drastically. Even the deal's cheerleaders in Brussels acknowledge that. But uh, let's be honest. Uh, at this moment, it will, we cannot say exactly what is going to be the impact. And Cypriots are only beginning to realize what faces them. Now we're afraid we will lose our savings in the bank, said this pensioner. Imagine if this happened to us. Jeez. And in some ways it has indirectly. But so uh, the government makes mistakes and these banks make mistakes and they begin to fail. And instead of defaulting on the bonds or going going the route that, let's say, Iceland went, where Iceland seized control of the bad banks forgave loans where people were like 120 per, like if you if your house was if your loan was 100 and like something 120 percent over like you know you're yeah. in underwater they would forgive the amount iceland threw bankers in jail they prosecuted i mean like they did all of this stuff and and their economy is is bouncing back at an incredible rate all right so i, I mean this wasn't the only answer and hey, imagine Chris, this uh, i'll see you later where you uh, going i'm moving to iceland I know, no kidding, right? I mean, just imagine from from their perspective, if the U.S. economy just continues to go the way, it's like say maybe the the derivative markets blows up on yeah. our face, right? Which some people say is like qu a quadrillion dollars, yeah, a quadrillion dollars, Chase. That's it, a lot of zeros. Imagine if that blows yeah. up. That's way more than our economy could 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 absorb. What would they do in that scenario? But. Let's continue on. In fact, a senior Cypriot politician told us that pension funds will be amongst the assets nice. confiscated oh. and transferred to Europe. In fact, when the banks eventually reopen here, individuals or businesses with more than $130,000 on deposit in certain banks will find a great deal of their money has been seized. And what's left will be subject to strict controls. Closing accounts or transferring money will be forbidden in the near term. 
No other European country has endured such a thing as this onlooker here rather shrewdly observed. What happens in Cyprus could happen in Greece, could happen in Italy, could happen in Spain, could happen in Portugal. It's wrong. Tonight, Cyprus's president returned from Brussels and told his people to brace for deep pain. And in fact, the Dutch finance minister, who played a leading role in imposing this nightmare on Cyprus, told reporters today that this will indeed be the template for any future bank bailouts. Can you believe that? In other wow. words, Peter, from now on, no bank account anywhere in the Eurozone is safe. That cannot be reassuring. <laughs> Uh, let's see. The price of Bitcoin right now is $88.50. Let's see how that keeps going there. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, you know, the question wow. I think us selfish Americans have to ask ourselves is, could it happen here? Well, Napolitano thinks so. Judge Napolitano. Not, not, uh, not a- Janet. Not Janet. All right. Judge and Napolitano is all right. here in New York City with us. Let's go with the big issue, first of all. Right. Could it happen here? Could co- here, look, could Congress pass a law and the president sign it that says your bank account is going to be taxed five percent or whatever? They could do that, couldn't yes. they? Yes, yes, they could. Nothing to stop them. Yes, they could because the the people who have uh, more than a hundred thousand dollars in the bank are targets. Oh, okay, all right. So yeah, he's the judge. Think maybe from the standpoint of the law, they could happen. But Cavuto or Cavuto, whatever his name is on Fox, Cavuto, Cavuto. Thank you, uh, Chase. He thinks you know maybe we're just kind of thinking about this wrong. What about the poor banks? What makes you think large depositors <laughs> using up to forty percent of their savings won't lead to you losing maybe oh I don't know ten percent of yours, especially when the government doing the seizing. Now, you don't have to live on an island in the Mediterranean to know we're all up a creek without a paddle. I mean, think about what they, what they did there and what they're doing there. They seized bank accounts. And what's worse, they did it without anyone pointing the finger at them. They've made the banks the boogeyman, the banks they ordered shut, the banks they ordered not to reopen, and the banks they demanded put a limit on how much cash their own customers can withdraw once they do reopen. The banks following orders from the government. The same government now probing them for criminal behavior. What the heck is the Greek word for chutzpah? So you see, it's really... Oh, wow. It's really just these poor banks, Jays. Oh, you know, because they're, again, Chris, they're too big to fail. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it really... You got to think of you know what they've been forced to do here. Uh, so I, I really... I don't know where to take this, Chase. To me, it feels like uh, history being made... As we do this show, I look wow. at what's happened over there and you have to wonder if, I mean, is, so I, I feel like, is this, is this like the beginning of like, of like all of the, all of the, uh, EU members like around the, around the edge, like the little ancillary members, is this the beginning of just sucking all of their wealth into the core of the EU and then the whole thing collapses or is this some sort of, is this template going to be the new... Uh, this is the last-ditch effort, honestly. No, in my opinion, this is the last-ditch effort to save the EU as a viable financial institution. I just... Why aren't they just shutting down? I just... Oh, it's so frustrating to watch this Imagine happen to people. Imagine if you're the UK, right? You're thinking, thank God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, brethren over there, man, you guys well, you guys I, made a good decision not to get involved. And you know, Cyprus actually has... Uh, like, there's the... Uh, Turkish, Turkish, like there's a there's like a northern territory of yeah. Cyprus that's Turkish, and they're not part of the whole EU, and they're not like suffering. Oh, really? yeah. yeah, and so you can like literally cross the border and do another another state, and they're they're cool. Their banks aren't screwed up, and I mean they're having some issues because they're of their proximity. Yeah, and you know like Canada would have issues if we were having economic issues, yeah. but it's, well, like right now the dollar in Canada is stronger than the U.S. dollar. Come on, Chase, why you got to bring that up right now? Sorry, Come on, sorry, you got to be bring a buzzkill, man. You know, so that makes me think of is the Chinese. You know what? They're almost as bad as the Canadians. Well, to add on to the turmoil that's happening over there, obviously you got the whole North Korea, South Korea, mm-hmm. like 24-7 stare down. And now China's like, <laughs> guess what? Guess what? <laughs> we're we're going to get involved over here, too. And we've got a Navy. Check it out. We look good. Chinese sailors promising to protect their country's sovereignty. They're on board one of China's most advanced ships, the Jingang Shan, an amphibious warship capable of carrying helicopters, boats, and armored vehicles. It's part of a flotilla conducting military drills in the South it's China Sea. Ship. On Tuesday, the Chinese fleet, yeah, like a hoverboat comes out the back of it, which includes missile destroyers, was seen at James Shoal, 
off the coast of East Malaysia. The area is also the southernmost tip of China's claim to the South China Sea. Those claims cover a huge part of a territory that many countries consider as international waters. James Shoal, or Zhengmu Reef as it's known to the Chinese, sits within China's claims. But under the UN Convention on the Law of the Sea, each country has an economic exclusion zone that stretches 200 nautical miles from its coast. Vast reserves of oil and gas are thought to lie beneath the South China Sea. It's also a rich fishing ground and an important shipping route. Five other countries have competing maritime claims. Uh, it's almost certainly the latest iteration of gunboat diplomacy in the South China Sea. We've seen a number of exercises by Chinese and other forces in the region, and they're intended to send a signal that the country maintains a, a strong claim to sovereignty, uh, even though it's disputed by the various other claimants, and that has the force to back up this claim if necessary. That China has never shied away from using force is something Vietnam has experienced. In the latest incident, Vietnam accused the Chinese Navy of setting fire to fishing boats last week, a charge China has denied. Really? Yeah, they supposedly murdered them too. While Tuesday's military maneuvers did not draw an immediate reaction from other countries, they will likely be watching China's movements closely because they now know that China intends to show the world it has the military muscle in the region and may flex it from time to time. Florence Louis, Al Jazeera. You got a pretty cool looking helicopter too. Uh, I know, China's really got it figured out. They got it dialed in now, Chase. So what's interesting is there's also, according to Reuters, a theory that this is really uh, China seeking to wear out, quote unquote, the Japanese ships in the same disputed waters. It uh, goes on to say the operational goal uh, in the East China Sea is to wear out the Japanese Maritime Sea Defense Force. And then, of course, uh, they want uh, they are essentially trying to say we claim ownership of this and the fact that we have the military might to do it and we can just wear you out during our drills proves it. It's kind of like they're claiming ownership and the proof of ownership is their military might. See, that's that's getting a little aggressive. It's getting aggressive. But you know what? All, all, all this is is just a uh, it's another 24 seven stare down match. And who's going to flinch first? And right now, no one's flinching. All they're doing is they're just pulling out. They're like, hey, look what I got. Look what I got. Look what I got. You know yeah, what? Yeah. Until someone actually throws down, you know what? It's This is just a little bit of it's a non-story because right, right now all this it's is- It's all is posturing. Just, it's all posturing. Yeah. I just think it's interesting to note just that this is happening. But, but I mean, it's like, why does China- I mean, I understand the why, but the timing. The timing's not very good. China's rich, bitch, and this time to take over. Yeah, but you also got North China not really liking what North Korea is doing. Uh-huh, North sure. Korea is pointing missiles at us. You think uh, you think maybe uh, China doesn't a slightly mind? You think maybe China doesn't slightly maybe enjoy North bit. Korea stirring things up a little bit? Maybe. I wonder. I wonder who's funding that nuclear program. Yeah, hmm. well, I don't know. You never know. Uh, all right. So uh, before we uh, fry too much conspiracy bacon, oh, uh, I wanted to mention. You know, we were talking about the Russians and how they were going to have the funding uh, for Cyprus. Yeah. Uh, they are now investigating the fallout and impact on the Russian economy as a result of this deal. Oh, really? Yeah, I meant to put, mention that during our coverage. Huh. Just, they're doing some studies of that. Uh, why don't we move on to uh, another chase? Another count it, uh, chase. Not one drone updates. Not true. Yes, wait. Actually, there's going to be there's going to actually be exactly two drone updates. Because I had this documentary on U.S. public television touts the technological capabilities of drones and their new super sensors. This image was taken 17,500 feet above Quantico, Virginia, and covers 15 square miles. So this thing's pretty cool, man. It's very like uh, it's very like high tech uh, minority report style. Yeah. The guy's got touchscreen access. He can pinch and zoom. If we wanted to know what is going on in any spot along the Simmons, say near this building at this intersection, we can generate a moving image that shows what's going on in the air. So they can pause and say zoom, place the animation from at this point in time, and then it'll it'll it you know so we can jump oh back. Oh my god, look at that! You can jump the back thirty minutes. The state of Virginia was the first to stand up against this kind of surveillance. In early February, the state legislature passed a two-year moratorium on the use of drones. But the bill is yet to be signed by the state's governor, who is known to be very supportive of the spy aircraft. In Charlottesville, Virginia, police have never used drones, but the city council has nonetheless restricted their use, just in case. 
these this technology is already being heavily marketed to local law enforcement agencies and other groups. Um, and there's even one county in Virginia that already purchased two drones for surveillance. And so we know it's coming. And um, we just felt like we wanted to get out ahead of it. At least 27 states are now considering legislation to outline how drones can be used by that law enforcement. That map was so confusing. I know. They had like four different colors. I know. Was it the dark colors? Was it the red colors? I think it was the red ones. I don't know. Or to ground them all together. But there are those who believe the lawmakers' efforts will not halt the rise of the spy planes. So they're taking the matter into their own hands. A company in Oregon says it has developed and will soon start selling technology that could shield people from surveillance drones. Over the phone, the developer did not offer any details, but said this. We're not disabling their cameras or anything like that. We are not doing anything physically to the drones. Um, We are simply not allowing their cameras to look at areas. Also in the battle for privacy, a designer in New York came up with an anti-surveillance clothing line. This is a garment that's designed to be thermally reflective, um, which means that heat bounces off it. And heat is what's used for thermal imaging. Um, In particular, this technology is used a lot on drones and UAVs. But it's doubtful that this designer's gear, however creative, could compete with the cutting-edge spy technology now being developed for government use. A million terabytes of video a day, which is the equivalent of 5,000 hours of high-definition footage. So you can go back and say, I would like to see what happened at this particular location three days, two hours, four minutes ago, and it would actually show you exactly what happened as if you were watching it live. There's actually enough resolution to be able to see the people waving their arms or walking around, what kind of clothes they wear. As a number of states try to restrict the use of drones, at a federal level, there is a great push to expand their use. The Federal Aviation Administration projects that in seven years, there will be 30,000 UAVs flying over the U.S. There's absolutely no way of knowing if we are being filmed at the moment. So we might as well wave to Big Brother up there. In Washington, I'm going to check out. Did she say, did she something? I I could have said. Am I... Chinese chicken? I heard. I eat too much chicken. I, I heard love chick- chicken. <laughs> That's what I heard. Is her Chase. name? I, I'm Chinese chicken. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. Uh, all right. Wow. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we officially shift gears here on the unfiltered program and move into feedback mode, Mister Chase? We, we got some really good stuff this week. Yes. Really good stuff. Uh, by the way, remember last week we mentioned Z Spaceman did a uh, unfiltered bingo. Oh, yes. That was awesome. <clears throat> by the way, good news. If you go check the show notes in the feedback section of the show notes, we now have. A uh, little, <clears throat> excuse me, more printer-friendly versions. Cool. Like so, uh, please print those out, you guys, and play along at home. We have, uh, you can now, you can now play Unfilter Bingo, which uh, is yeah, it looks like it's a lot of fun. But we got a, we got a couple of emails that I wanted to read, Mr. Chase. The yes. first one came in here from. Uh, uh, oh, do you have it there? Well, you go ahead. You read it, Mr. Chase, from uh, Infinite Chaos. This one came in from Infinite Chaos, uh, and the title of said email says, "Kicking out the UN inspectors was all Bush needed." Mm. Chase and Chris, lately you guys have been fluctuating uh, <laughs> on the price Hello. for donating for the Unfiltered Show. May I suggest that you guys not waver? About a month ago, I lost my job. The first response by any somewhat intelligent person who loses sources of revenue is to reduce expenses. No, this isn't a national debt email. However, I believe what you guys are doing to be so paramount that I will not unsubscribe my monthly donation. I wish I could have joined you guys on the live stream on the last Unfiltered because I think that you guys missed an incredible, incredibly important point. Uh-oh. After the Iraq war, where we drove them from Kuwait, a term of the ceasefire that was uh, that uh, Iraq had allowed UN inspectors to visit their industrial sites and chemical facilities to verify the Iraqis were not making weapons of mass destruction. Right. When Saddam booted the U.N. inspectors out of his country and forbid anybody from verifying that he was not making WNDs, it was a spark that the U.S. needed to uh, to cease the ceasefire and finish the job. Mm. If you remember, we plead with them for months to allow the inspectors back in. In fact, that the man was part of the ultimatum that George Bush gave them so he w- we would not have to cross the Iraq border. Keep up the wonderful work you guys are doing. I hope uh, you all have the... All the facts on the next episode. So uh, I remember that. One, too. Yeah. So one quick, uh, t- one quick thing is, 
you know, don't be don't be confused by the lead up. So if they say, you know, say they did it for two years, they did it for six months. Uh, you know, we want to get the inspectors and then you're not letting us, if you don't let us do this, then we're going to move in. That's how it works. That's what you're hearing now. I'm not saying this, it's the same thing, but in Syria, you hear a red line about chemical weapons and we hear that about four months ago. And then you hear, we think chemical weapons are being used. We're not sure if it's the rebels or the regime, but red line, red line. And you keep hearing that over and over again. So eventually we move in. But actually, Chase, uh, if you recall, we played a clip from the new Cheney documentary, which we have linked in last week's show notes. Yeah. Uh, the, there was another reason that this documentary proposes why Saddam did not let the U.N. inspectors in. Oh. Cheney points to Iraq's refusal to submit to weapons inspections as clear proof that Saddam Hussein is hiding weapons of mass destruction. But there is another explanation. What Saddam is worried about is that his neighbors, and he's got tough neighbors, yeah, including the Iranians, will find out that, that he's a paper tiger, that there's nothing here. And while that, I think, is sort of a leap that the documentary is making, it it's bared possible, out. Yeah. Well, it bared out. Yeah. There were no weapons of exactly. mass destruction. So it does seem logical that if Saddam was putting a big front up, and because he did have tough neighbors like Mother Effie and Iran, <laughs> that maybe he was a paper tiger. Exactly. So I would I would point Infinite Chaos back to that. While we did, while we it was quick during that episode, so I don't I don't like ding him for that because it was like we just flied by it. Yeah. But we did actually briefly cover that aspect of it during our coverage of the Iraq War, and I think you know I don't know if Infinite Chaos necessarily agrees with that, but I I actually tend to buy that. Yeah, me too. Uh, all right, Mr. Chase. Well, this this stirred up some crab on our subreddit, and we got an email about this IRS movie. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys saw, but the IRS IRS made this gem, and I have seen it. It was a uh, it's pretty awesome. It's a basically a Star Trek: The Next Generation parody. They also did one of Gilligan's Island, by mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's pretty awesome to how they uh, allude to spying on Twitter accounts. Uh, to add I- injury to this insult, the price tag for this monstrosity, along with similar quality Gilligan's Island parody was $60,000. Hope this didn't grind your gears too much from oh, Zane. You know, uh, I just want to play a quick clip from it. Uh, have you heard it? Yeah, that- yeah, go ahead. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise-Wide. Its never-ending mission is to seek out new tax forms, to explore strange new regulations. Baby goes with no government employee has gone before. What I... Attempting to modulate the frequency now. Sorry about the uniforms, Captain. The- They're wearing TNG uniforms. I have the... the he actually linked yeah, it. Yeah. They're wearing TNG uniforms on a toss set. Dry cleaner gave me the wrong order. And, uh, by the way, hold on. The, the set, this quote-unquote set, most of it's green screen. Oh, is it? Yeah. Starlight coffee while you wait, sir. It's better than McDonald's and only twice the price. What? No can do, yummy. I've already spent my per diem for the day. Coming in clear now, Captain. Shall I open a channel? Yes, on screen. Now listen to this crap. Lieutenant Mackey, report. Mister, it's worse than we thought. There's money laundering, bribery, cash pay haircuts and manicures running rampant in the street. Sir, they're even exchanging their lowest coin currency for paper bills. You don't mean... That's right, sir. Pennies on a dollar. Isn't this awful? Isn't this just horrible? So, anyways, yeah, we'll have a link to that. If you go, uh, go wow. find, uh, go find uh, the IRS Star Trek parody feedback link, and in that email, uh, we have that. So, uh, thanks for uh, e- sending that in. Now, uh, we probably should have mentioned this towards the top of the show, uh, but we are going to uh, do a schedule change for uh, two week in two weeks, yes. and we're going to be shooting that episode. Uh, Next Monday evening, probably. Probably. So people need to f- go over to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar, and when we get it dialed in, we're, but Chase is, we'll put it on there. Chase is going to be out of town, so we're going to pre-shoot one of our episodes, and yeah. we're probably going to do something a little different, a yeah, little off We're going to have some fun with it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we also got an email. Somebody finally hooked us up with a great clip, and this was thanks to, uh, who, who was Actually, it? this came in on the Reddit. Yeah, I was, it was sent in on the subreddit. Who was the name there? Do you have uh, it? Edmod. Ed, oh, he's in the chat room tonight. Well, here it is, Chase. I present. You know what really grinds my gears? Right? Isn't that great? And then, and, he, then and he followed it up with. And that, people, is what grinds my gears. Tom? <laughs> <laughs> That's just perfect. I oh. knew eventually somebody would come through for us. Edmod, you the man. Yeah, and actually, uh, thanks to Joel, too. He also he emailed in uh, a clip of that, too. So that was really Tom? awesome. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually that's my favorite part. And that people is what grinds my gears, Tom. 
<laughs> all right, thanks, you guys. Oh, Between the bingo and, and all of that, oh. I, we, you know, that's just a lot of fun. And you know, Chase, yes. that reminds me, we should probably give our very fancy subreddit a little bit of a mention. Oh, man, this this is, is growing every week, and I love it. Right now we're at 341 lovely readers yeah, yeah. of all different varieties, shapes, and sizes. If you go to unfilter.reddit.com, there you can upvote, downvote, sidevote, comment vote. Whoa. Wow. All kinds of crazy votes. You can do a lot of voting. And uh, don't forget, if you're an unfiltered supporter, go check your inbox. You've got an unfiltered supporter show waiting for you with a lot more content. Now, Chris, when you're not busy on the unfiltered uh-huh. Reddit, yeah. you're probably doing something called like tweeting or tweeters, right? Twitter.com slash Chris LAS is where you can find me, Mr. Chase. I'll be over there doing That's Twitter stuff. Incredible. Changing lives via 140 characters. Clickety click, whatever click, it is. Click, double click, click. What about you, Mr. Chase? You over on the tweeters? You know, I do that Twitter thing. What are you doing? Uh, you can follow me on the Twitter okay. at Nunes, N-U-N-E-S. You know, I, I do tweet and I Often about Bitcoins. And bi- I don't tweet about oh, Bitcoin. You don't? You no, don't? I oh, don't. Oh, okay. No. What about podcasts? Do you do any shows? Uh, you know, I do a couple shows. Oh, okay. uh, I do, uh, uh, hold on here. I, I got to get the the, the right uh, right picture up here real quick. Boom. Oh, there we go. Uh, I do a... <laughs> There's the bitly. You can see it right there on the bulkhead in the back. It's... Uh, it's right here? Yep, that's the oh bit.ly URL. There awesome. it is. <laughs> so anyway, uh, geekgamer.tv, we do shows about Minecraft and also gaming technology, pinball, yeah. all that fun jazz. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. All right, Chase. Well, uh, don't forget, everyone, we want you to join us live so you can check out that calendar so you know when we're live. But go over to jblive.tv. Traditionally, we're live Wednesday evening, 6, well, show up around 6, 15, 6, 30 p.m. Pacific. Oh, it's fun. We get the pre-show get going. You get the exclusive clips, all kinds of great stuff. Plus, we're watching the chat room as we go. We really love having you guys there. It's live. It's awesome. Pulse. Keeping the pulse. All right, everyone. Well, thanks so much for tuning to this week's episode of Unfilter. We'll see you right back here next, next week. week.